Hello and welcome. You're listening to the B Team podcast, all about B movies. I'm your co-host Elliot Bloom, and the equally important George Abbott. I said co-host, so that's a yeah. That's yeah I know, but I am second, so I do have to remind <laughs> people. Okay, uh, before we start, I got to profusely apologise uh, for my mishap in the previous show. I'd said that Zazu Pitts <laughs> a committed suicide and B made a lot of films you during did the really, third That was a big sullying. Yeah. That was a sullying yeah. half. I misread my notes. It actually, it's it's, it's going to be about who we discussed later. Um, so it's, you'll find out who really took a down, downward <laughs> spiral. But yeah, any Zazu Pitts fan, I'm sorry. She actually did turn out to get a Hollywood Walk of Fame um, star in 1960. So not quite so the person not, not I made her out to be. Not quite too bad, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're talking all about horror films, but let's start with our B-Clutch moment. George, what's yours? B-Clutch moment of the week is just getting a job before I ran out of money, which uh, I okay. did <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Yeah, literally just phone call. Yeah, That's yeah. a real B-team job, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a real mover, a real man's job, you know? A real, <laughs> a real man's job. A real makes you feel good, deserve your beers at the end of the mm. day. Sweating, slap on the yeah, back yeah. kind of job. Have I told you about my vending machine at work? No. It's the most Dutch thing ever. So they they clearly bought a like normal soft drink vending machine, took off all the stickers, replaced them with Heineken, 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 Heineken. Just one euro oh, for really? a Heineken in it. <laughs> Do you have an? I'm surprised you have an office. Well, they need yeah, like so you have somewhere where you meet in the morning. Okay, and yeah. that's where you drink your Heinekens. Yeah, when I mean, I don't. Yes, I don't know who's listening to this, but I I definitely saw someone have a beer while driving a van yesterday. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Uh, let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay. 1930s horror film. Hey, what's your B-clutch moment? Oh, sh- oh of course. Uh, my B-clutch moment would have been in March when I managed to make it onto a film jury for Cinemasia mm. and I was the least experienced and also probably the least Asian. I would say your life in Amsterdam is pretty like clutch to clutch to clutch, you know? Yeah, it's like, one triumph after another. Mm, I would say <laughs> like your girlfriend, pretty clutch. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Alex, I'd say. Oh, I'm live with, this conversation. Lived with her for a month. People, <laughs> people are not tuning in to listen to this. Uh, we were talking about horrors in the 1930s, horror mm. B movies, which turn out to be not that scary. Not that scary. Uh, Would you say not that good? I feel mine was all right. Yours was. Yours is also it's watchable. It, it, it's okay. Yeah, it's I fine. think. Yeah, I'll leave it. Haven't that, aged yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, not that scary. Mm. Maybe that's. But yeah, no. What we from our in-depth research we we did, we found that 1930s horror films really, really like sort of proliferated. Yeah, they became massive in the 1930s. Yeah, I think maybe because of sound. Maybe because of sound. Also, they could start doing monsters. I feel like special effects reached a place where they could start. They weren't animating, but they're using like stock frame images for yeah. like King Kong and stuff. And it's also, I think maybe also, maybe not for King Kong, but it's also a bit cheaper to make horror yeah. films in some respect. Also, the 1930s was a pretty scary time. I feel like 1920s, like Roaring Twenties, you didn't really need horror films. But 1930s, you know, yeah. depression, rise of fascism. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Yeah. yeah. Well, should we start with yours, though? The so, Ninth Guest. The Ninth Guest. Um, it has, That was a shit reveal, by the way, when The Ninth Guest was deaf. Yeah, yeah. Death seems to death seems to be the star act. Honestly, it was it was such a cop out. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a. It was like we can't think of who the ninth guest is. Let's <laughs> yeah, take a death. Yeah, but um, it's there's actually a really famous Agatha Christie book. I think it's called like Twelve Little Indians or something. Yeah, and um, it's not based. So it came out four years after, and it uses exactly the same plot as this, basically. Uh, but the ninth guest isn't death. Okay. In hers, it's way better. The ninth guest is one of the people there. 
who they think has murdered himself but pretended to hang himself. Uh, see, that's, that's so a good. Better. That's a good reveal. Yeah, but so it came out in 1934. Yeah. So any other facts? It's pre-code. Um, well, just came, this was when Hayes Code just got yeah. Implemented. But I think this was made before okay. the code, so it's okay. pre-code. Okay. Um, well, not that many good facts about the film. The director didn't go on to produce that much. Donald Cook is in it, who is also in Public Enemy, yeah. and there's a man called Vince Barrett who's in it, who was a professional ribbler. Really. <laughs> So he would go to Hollywood parties, pretend to be a waiter, and just drop soup on people and insult people. <laughs> <laughs> and he was paid to do this. To, <laughs> and he did it to, like, General Eisenhower. He I did it to I, Franklin Roosevelt. I thought you found your new calling, George. I would be quite like a ribbler. Yeah. I was such a shit waiter anyway. Like, <laughs> Now, I actually spelt soup on my first shift as a waiter down the back of an old lady. Oh. Uh, that was an awful moment. Didn't she whisper seductively into the, your ear that, oh, I think you spilt the soup on me or something? No, I whispered seductively into her ear saying, I think I spilt soup down you. And she goes, I know. Elliot is also quite a spitty whisperer. So. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what she had more of the soup or the spit. Um, ninth guest. Oh, the thing that really annoyed me was the main... Oh, should we do the premise? So basically, yeah, <laughs> these eight people go to dinner. They don't know why they've been invited. They all are enemies of each other. And then there's a radio that starts playing. They also get locked in this building, which seems yeah. very breakable out of, but it's not. we won't it's bother with this. Locked in a house. Locked in a house, yeah. Where the gate's electrified. Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, basically they the, the radio starts talking and they both start dying at random moments. No, always on the hour. Sort yeah, always like, on the hour. Sort of, I think this is where Hunger Games got the idea. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, carry on. And... Um, yeah, yeah, they start dying, and then it's revealed at the end that the ninth guest who invited them there is death. Yeah, but it also turns out at the end that the ninth guest, oh, the person that orchestrated it all, was a guy called Harry Abbott. Yes. Yeah, which is my biggest problem with it. Why? Because you can't give me a film which is sort of like a mystery who done it, and the protagonist is last name Abbott. I feel that's a telltale sign straight away. What that I just was typing in my name slash George Abbott, nineteen thirty film. No, I'm just I just feel in any of these kind of films, I'm always going to assume that if an actor's called George, if the character's called George or the character's called Abbott, I'm going to assume. Yeah, that I mean, the person yeah, I'm true. Abbott. Are there any good any good blooms in film? Orlando Bloom, but no. but, but like, yeah, uh, none that screen to mind. Mm. We're, we're B team actors. We are B team actors. Anyway, uh, your film. No, 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 we've got to sort of pick yours apart. Okay. Don't try and get away with it. I feel like, I feel the better, the sooner we get away with the better. <laughs> like, I could fall apart quite quickly, this film. Yeah, I just didn't like how um, all the voice recordings were pre-recorded and the guy would just sit on the chair and press it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this whole thing. Like, Do you know what? It felt like a Sideshow Bob Simpsons episode. <laughs> but even that's better. Sideshow Bob's a bit more... It has a bit more charm. No, but as in it was how like ill thought out it was. It all seemed very... Yeah, everything was just far too convenient. Yeah. And the unsung hero was the... This would have been a better reveal. The second waiter who was shit and just getting really drunk. I think that was was Vince Barrett, Professor Uh, Ribbler. Okay. Yeah, it would have been better if it was revealed that he was the guy... Do Do you think Vince Barrett stole the show? He had He had moments of... Where he could have done. Okay. I feel they didn't give him enough screen time. Yeah. Uh, like, there was nothing about him at the end. It would have mm. been nice. 
And like the fact the guy um, Abbott kills himself at the end was also just a huge cop out. Yeah, yeah. It was that felt very Hayes Code. All all the bad people get their comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I wasn't I wasn't scared. It was fun to mm. see someone get electric. It was fun to see how they thought, thought electricity worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> found that pretty yeah. interesting. But also that that lady who then just runs out and electrocutes yeah. herself. That just lost it for me. I do, I do like watching people die in old films. That is quite funny. Like the way Can the way people why? die. Oh, just because they're very just dramatic. The, like the acting of it. Heart yeah, attacks. Yeah. Old fashioned heart attacks. I don't feel people have heart attacks like that anymore. Or like um, when the guy with glasses gets shot and he stands there for like two minutes and then suddenly falls over. Yeah, yeah. Monologues then yeah. dies. Like yeah. I think people don't really pay the same attention to death anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what death is the unsung hero? Well, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he is and he isn't because he sings his own praises far too much <laughs> in this film. And he also sings his praises in the next one. Ooh, was that yeah. a segue? Yeah, it was. I feel we've talked enough about that one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Farman Maria. So your film I actually enjoyed. Yeah. It wasn't scary. No, I, I was waiting f- to be scared, but there was nothing coming of it. But that came out in 1936. Mm. It translates to Ferryman Maria. Uh, it's done by Frank Wiesbach, a German director, and Sibel Schmidt, who is who I mistook for Zazu Pitt. Okay, that was bad. Bad call from you. Yeah, bad call for me. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Do you think it was a comment on fascism? <sighs> I don't know. Oh, heavy questions. That is a heavy question. <laughs> that's that's a Mike Tyson straight out of the Can gate. Can you give that B movie that much credit that it was? No, Goebbels didn't like it. I feel that's a good yeah, sign if Goebbels doesn't like your film. Yeah, uh, I thought it was just a classic tale of love championing death. But was, <sighs> but the pitfalls for me was she hardly knew this man, and yet, and I was also just a bit surprised that death was so out out easily witted. Yeah, I mean, death and death and films can be a bit of a letdown. Some. Good deaths, I would say. Bill and Ted. Death and Bill and Ted is a very good that. death. Uh, what's that Swedish bloke called? Seven, uh, seventh Seal? Yeah, Ingmar Bergman. Ingmar Bergman. Yeah, I was going to say, he, the death and that had a bit more charm. He was a bit more playful. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this guy just... This like, death was a bit of a buffoon. Like He wasn't actually very good at his job. But no, then, no. if you think about the people who have died and the people who don't die in life, death often does fuck up. <laughs> what do you mean? Elaborate. Well, like, you know, good people go too soon. Death death takes the good ones. But isn't that death? I look at, like, a lot of my friends and be like, you should be dead. <laughs> that says more about who you're friends with. Rather than, I hope you don't think that about me. I mean, <laughs> I there are that. days where you tell me a film I sent you is not a B film. Where I'm like, <laughs> death, come, come death, this way. Death cometh. <laughs> come off the man. Uh, I don't know. Maria... What did you like about it? You, what did you, I like? Yeah. So I liked the really fact it was like it. a morally tale. It wasn't trying tale. to do too much, you know? Like, it was right. so out there, like, it was never trying to say this could happen. Like, death was existing as a human being, so yeah. it, could never, it could never happen. Um, It was like, it was chilling at points, I would say, almost. Yeah, I Misty, think... like, the environment was a bit, like... Mine was too, like, inside a house. The house itself and mine looked quite nice, quite comfortable. Like, <laughs> I, the problem, the main problem with mine film was if you went to sleep, nothing would happen. 
If you decided, I'm yes. going to go upstairs and yeah. go to bed, yeah. sleep this one out. This is the point. <laughs> the guy kept saying it and they just continued. It yeah, yeah. Really nothing would happen. Yeah. Yours, like, death is a coming. Yeah. You've got to get to the marsh. Yeah, you need to take action. Also, can you clarify? So they keep refer. I don't know if it's the subtitles, but the guy with the violin, they refer to him as the fiddler. Yeah. Is that just because he plays an instrument or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The fiddler is a classic, like, yeah. Yeah, I know, but they were just. It's see- like the pianist. <laughs> But he was like, no one liked him, and there were scenes where he might be Jewish. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. There could be some subtext because Jews in like nineteenth-century Europe like musical, so there could be a Jewish reference. I don't know. Okay, so you know this was actually remade in. um, So the director took it to Hollywood and remade. I would love to remake this film in Amsterdam. And do what would you do with it? Who would you cast? Lottie, my housemate. Death is looking for Lottie. So you're saying De- Lottie's Maria, the pharaoh. You know where we would set it? That um, small Dutch village with the boat, with the ferry boat that goes from that from one side of the. Me and Elliot and once ventured into a small Dutch village in many states of inebriation. Yeah, we couldn't find our way out. I mean, it cost fifty cents to get a ferry, and we didn't have any change. Yeah, but so we were stuck there for. But a, a ferry's a bit of a. a a misleading description of what it was. It was it was a platform that yeah. had an engine on it and moved from one side of not even a lake. It was like a bog. Or yeah, something. it was all very. Yeah, but uh, that's where I would set it. Yeah, who would you cast as death? Because you got to find someone taller than Lottie. I was going to say me, but yeah, <laughs> using camera trickery, I could be taller than Lottie. Or you could have Lottie play death and you escape Lottie. Yeah. As it is the dynamic in your house right now. Yeah, messy kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> my punishment for my sins. Yeah. Um, Smith was also in, she was actually in quite a few famous films. She was in Pap's Diary of a Lost Girl, mm. a film I watched. I, uh, really interesting. Um, about what? It's about, that's, gosh, put me on the spot now. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's like um, an imagination of Jack the Ripper, but it's based around this one girl and or woman and she goes around marrying different people, and then they all uh, something happens happens to her husband, and basically she ends up with Jack the Ripper, and Jack the Ripper kills her. Fair, but yeah, but it's part of the German expression. I feel film. like you're not giving it credit. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's been a while, um, and also Dry as Vampire. Dry as a vampire. <laughs> the William Dry as Vampire, uh, which I think was quite a famous horror film. Um, oh yeah. And so Fastbender <laughs> made, like I was saying before about Zazie yeah. Pitts, Fastbender, Reiner Werner Fastbender made a lot uh, a film about Smith's final years because mm. she was quite... She was ostracised, that would be the word. Well, yeah, but also she declined and loved her drugs Fair. and other things. Um, and a lot of illicit relationships. Ooh, yeah. saucy. Yeah, but would you remake yours, The Night Guess? And if so, how? I think you could have more fun with The Ninth Guest. I would remake The Ninth Guest as like a horror comedy, I feel. What, similar to like The Orient Student, No, Student Dinner Party. Okay. So what would be your Ninth Guest? Corona. (laughs) (laughs) But then that's a really silly film. Um, Who would be my Ninth Guest? Or would you do it like The Ten Indians? Oh, my Ninth Guest would be a disgruntled housemate. Who's not actually invited to the dinner party, but turns up and starts killing your friends because you haven't been cleaning the house. Okay, and but what would be the reveal? 
Well, it would just be like, I wasn't actually a guest. I was always uh, here. Yeah. And they come down from doing their homework to like everyone's sea of death. Okay, and what, how would you die them? Uh, die them? Kill them? What subtle um, ways? What subtle ways? But comedic at the same time. Someone slips in the bathroom? I feel like a couple slip having sex in the bathroom and both die is quite good. Okay. Or what would be the big secret? Because you know in the ninth guest, they all have these secrets yeah, yeah. that turn out to be nothing. Be the big secret. Right. The um, shocking, the one that shocks them all. I, I feel like <laughs> I don't know. Someone hasn't paid the rent. Someone's <laughs> a good one. That's not a big secret. <laughs> it is in, in the circles I mix in. If you have a house and you're like everyone sends you the rent every month and you just start sending it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hinting at something? Uh. <laughs> uh, um, so what would you rate yours? Uh, 5.4. Okay, so lower than so lower than the plot thickens from last time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. And what about Farmer Maria? Plot thick... Um, Farmer Maria is probably 6.3. Okay. I feel that's fair. Yeah. 10 being Bicycle Thieves, yeah. Ten being bicycle thieves, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen, you need to see. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast, uh, a whole podcast series on bicycle, <laughs> just on Bruno, <laughs> just on Bruno alone. Uh, I'd say Farmer Maria six, fair, and the ninth guest, yeah, five point two. Like, is it worth your time? I feel is the five mark, and the ninth guest is on the border mark of not being worth your time. But it probably. Do you reckon you'd watch it if someone recommended it to you? But the thing is, you would because you'd be misled and thinking it's a really good film because it sounds quite mysterious. Yeah, I mean, would I watch it again? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, how many of these B films that you've seen would you watch again? I would watch yours again just to like have it on in the background oh, when someone comes in my house and they're it looks pretty like highbrow. What even by a poster as well. Yeah, I think so. Would just be the only film you reference at a dinner party. What have you seen recently? Ah, uh, uh, Maria. Maria. <laughs> I think that'd be good. I also like how they're all called Maria. What was the other one where she's called Maria? Oh, uh, sorry. No, don't worry. Sound of Music. Yeah, no, I think I saw, I watched Metropolis recently. And um, she's called Maria. Ah. But I think, may, do you reckon Maria, she's called Maria in this because of connotations to the Virgin Metropolis. Mary? What? Oh. Uh, Metropolis. Pro- Apparently there's links between Fritz Lang and this film, so. Maybe. I think, yeah, Virgin Mary is a pretty easy yeah. easy connotation to give out. But why in this? Why do you think she would have been called Virgin Mary here? I mean, she does look like a virgin. <laughs> um, yeah, a sense of purity about her. She's a good person. Yeah, but she's running away from something. Remember? Yeah, uh, Mary ran away from Herod. What's that? King Herod killed all the babies. Uh, okay. But, okay, but why do you think in this film she's running away? What do you think her big secret is? Mm, I think she got left. She would left someone at the altar. Yeah, I think she yeah. falls in love pretty quickly and switches switches like horse mid race. Yeah, it's also quite commendable that she's able to pull a ferry along that route, and the old man. It looks like hard work. I thought you said like ferriers and flying ferriers. Got <laughs> that image in my head. I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> but yeah, no. Do you not think it was hard work? I don't know. It's easier to lift people in water, though. But it's just like pulling. No. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that concludes <laughs> our show. What, what have we got next with George? 
Uh, we got crime. Yeah, what have you got? Show them no mercy. Show them no mercy. Which is which is probably is, de- is decent. I I would watch it again, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or at least the what's his name, Vance, or Romeo. Yeah, Romeo. Yeah, I'd watch him again. And what do you have? Uh, the Benson murder case. But you'll hear all about that next week. So thank you. Thanks. Goodbye.